0: to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by Rob Illich today. Rob's the CEO of Social Republic, the global social media agency trusted by ambitious and famous brands such as eBay, Pioneer, and the Red Cross. Rob's been featured by Forbes, Management Today, and International Business Times. Rob, a very warm welcome to the show, Squire. How are you doing?
1: I'm not all right, mate. How are you?
0: Not too bad on this end, um, So, As we were saying, we, we've, we've had a rare warm Warm day this this morning this today, so it's it's a nice blessing on a, a cold wintry February day. So uh, we've got that bit to gleam onto until things open back up in the UK. Oh, so, absolutely!
1: Uh, it's beautiful today, it's beautiful,
0: lovely. So Rob, excited for this one. We're we're going to be talking all about how how we how people tuning in can start a business with no money. Um, so I want to chuck you in a deep end first and foremost. What, <laughs> why are we going to start a business with with no cash at all, Rob? What's the point in that?
1: It's, that's a good question and um, I wouldn't recommend starting it with no money I mean that's kind of how, how I did it I mean the more cash you've got the better um I, I got asked by my old um high school to come and give a talk to pupils and tell them about my story and about starting the, the business with no money and um not the strategy I would start a campaign with now but let's just say that um but yeah um it was just the position I found myself in, but I feel like um, this is five years ago. So I do feel like even if you don't have the money to start or to to start a business or you don't think you have, um, there are lots of ways that you can uh, start a business and generate revenue um, without, you know, a
0: huge budget. Got it. But when you started yours, you you pretty much bootstrapped it from from fresh, right?
1: Yeah, um, so I had about, I want to say about 60 pounds left in my bank account. with a month to go in terms of paying the rent, um, again wouldn't necessarily recommend this, um, but it was a position I found myself in, and I'd got to a point where kind of my full-time role, I, I really didn't enjoy it, and I'd always met people where they didn't enjoy their jobs, and I, I always, I, didn't, I never thought it was possible. I, I never thought I'd get to a point where I didn't enjoy my job, and I remember there was a day when I was walking, um, walking to work, and I just thought, you know what? Um, I think I'm better off going on my own. I'd rather start an agency. I wanted to start an agency that was uh, transparent and flexible and did something different. Um, so I actually got to that point, I, you know, I kind of um, wanted to be on my own and uh, do something different as opposed to working for somebody else. Um, in hindsight, um, which is an incredible thing, I wish, um, I wish I'd had a better strategy and I wish I'd had more cash available, but yeah, totally bootstrapped absolutely everything and. Uh, everything from the website, um, obviously social media, which was my background. I used my strengths, and then obviously I obviously had contacts in place that I could. Well, yeah, I thought I could rely on it at that point.
0: Yeah, well, I think what would be because I think this episode is going to have a lot of value, not just for for ourselves, not just for people thinking of taking the plunge and starting a business but also perhaps those that have recently started their own company, or perhaps even yeah. established business owners that can pull a few golden nuggets through what we chat through and some of the strategies you've implemented, Rob, from, from sure. going from basically scratch. Um, so I think a good starting point would be why why, why should people look to do it now? I mean, how, is, is now a better time than any to start a company if you're thinking of doing it?
1: I really think it is. And people might say I'm a little bit crazy with everything that's going on with the pandemic and probably a you know pending recession, um, but I think if you can start a business now, or you have started a business within, um, a pandemic and you're growing, um, there's no, I don't think there's any better time. Um, when I started five years ago, I was, I don't have to remember how have all I am now, I think I was around about 28. Um, and if you look at businesses that are, that are born now, the entrepreneurs are, you know, 18, 19, even, you know, 16 year olds are starting their own businesses. I feel like. Back in 2015, it wasn't the done thing to to be an entrepreneur at that age. Um, It was a traditional route, which I took, um, which many people did, of going to college, university, um, then you get a full-time role. Then you might work in an industry for 10, 15 years, and then you might think about starting a business. Um, In hindsight, I wish I had started my company sooner, but I really do feel like at the time, I might not be as taken as seriously if i had gone down that route rather than um spending years working in the industry and building up contacts um which all kind of played into my favor eventually and um, it was kind of the old adage that it's not what you know it's who you know and um, i basically went to the people um, that i knew and and started the business from there but yeah um, i do feel like at any age you can start a business these days and there's so many tools the technology available um to do it on like you say you know in in the bootstrap way um it's definitely um there's potential there
0: yeah so on that note is it is it something that we shouldn't perhaps overthink rob so appreciate your condition your situation might have been a bit different to, to some others but is there is there a time where it comes to we've planned it for this much we know we've got the expertise we know the industry that perhaps about to go in we've perhaps already got some contacts or clients we could pull in um do we need to spend days and days weeks and weeks months and months building up a plan or is it sometimes like you said just a case of taking the plunge throwing yourself at the deep end and cracking on with it
1: so yeah very good question and i think the longer you have to plan the and the more experience you have in the industry then then great, but it's something if it's something you're very passionate about and you want to take the plunge, absolutely, you know, you know, do it now. Um, there's no reason why why you can't. Um I would love to say, and I'd love to do podcasts and interviews and go back to my high school and say, yeah, I had, you know, the best strategy in place. I really didn't. Um I left my job on the Friday, um, had a few drinks over the weekend, then it got to Monday, and I thought, <laughs> oh crap. Um, I don't have a job, I don't have a salary. I've got my month to pay in a rent, uh, my rent to pay in a month. Um, what am I going to do? Um, and I started my strategy from there Um, luckily having, you know, experience within the industry I wanted to go into. And I don't know if you've seen Homeland, but when, um, oh, yeah. Carrie has, you know, her, her wall of, um, I guess targets in terms of, people she's trying to track down um i basically built a wall like that uh, looks a bit like a crazy person but um if you came into my apartment at the time so i had kind of what i wanted to build in the middle and then everything uh spanning out from there so how i was going to achieve that so whether that was through um social media pr and um, literally you know getting in touch with people that i, that I knew and my journey kind of took the progression of i don't know if you've seen Pursuit of Happiness with, with Bill Smith, yeah. um, a bit of a modern day version of that. So basically what I did was um, I created a website just from scratch using a WordPress stream. Uh, WordPress theme cost me about $20 or something. Uh, just built something basic so people who didn't know me or the agency I built had something to go to. And um, what I did was I just made a list of all the people I knew or I worked with in the past. And I started with um, the people I knew really well at the top. Uh, and the people I didn't know, um sorry, the other way around, the people I didn't know very well at the top, and the people that I knew really well at the bottom. And obviously, it's a lot easier than than Will Smith did in pursuit of happiness, but um literally called everyone um, in the morning, started with you know the person at the top. And it's when you get towards four o'clock in the afternoon and you've just had no's you know throughout the day or it's not the right time, blah, blah blah, um, that you kind of just have to throw your Your ego and pride out of the window, and just, you know, um, suck it up and just ring the people who you you don't really want to ask for help. You can see what I mean. Uh, The people you know really well, so old bosses, family, friends. And investors always say, you know, the the first place you should go for is the three F's, which is friends, family, and fools, um, to invest in your business. Uh, Lovely. um, Mine was uh, people I've previously worked with and and knew how good I was. Within social media, so I got my break from that. Within my first day, picked up my first two clients, but it was uh, it was hard to do. It was hard to pick up the phone and speak to those people and say, "Look, I need some help here. You know, can you? Um, do you want to work with me?" So, yeah, I was I was fortunate, but luckily I had that experience. Um, but that's not to say if you don't have that experience, you couldn't achieve it. Um, if you got passion for something, then you definitely
0: can. So that's a good starting point. So essentially, we're talking about leveraging your existing network, right, Rob? so thinking about in your case all the contacts that you've got starting with it sounds like the warmest first and then downwards of perhaps the, the most coldest so perhaps the the people you've got the least good relationship with and
1: i think actually to be fair it's, it's almost the opposite way around i should have yeah. started with the people i knew at the top because they're the warmest oh, okay. it was um purely an ego thing uh pride yep. you know not wanting to ring people and say hey can you give me a shot um so I just thought, well, start with the people you don't know very well. If they say no, it doesn't really matter. It's no kind of skin up your nose. Um, whereas it should have been the other way around, really thinking about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you you went through that list. You persevered. Got some got some clients. It sounds like from 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 those calls. I guess yes. it's just a case of plowing through plowing through that really, just persevering, like you say, because not everyone wants to be cold cold calling. Or even if it is people you know a little bit, it's probably not that far off, depending on how much you've spoken to them and just cracking yeah. on and, and getting getting your head down and and getting the getting the work done really um, which is sometimes what, what business is about when, once you've got the task that you've just got to do it so is is was there a next stage rob for yourself so you, you set up a set up a site started calling contacts that you had and then yeah. what what was what's the kind of next play that you'd that you did or that you'd advise for, for people to look into?
1: I found um, that um the best referrals, you can get all the best pieces of work you can get in a, you know, a service-based business is, is referrals. Uh, mm-hmm. people who know you, um, people who worked with you before, um, and you find, you start to find that as you start to gain clients, it's almost like a snowball effect. More and more people will recommend you. Um, and you know, people you might maybe even forgotten about or forgot you work worked with, um, will get in yeah. touch and you just kind of get a bit of luck. Um, the only thing with that is it's not scalable. You can't rely on referrals forever and um, so you have to look at other methods of bringing in work um, and that's what i started to do
0: got it okay um and just i mean in terms of the the strategy when you're reaching out to contacts because I, I do like to know kind of how people actually generate leads generate sales was it was it just a case of you called them up and just said hi mate i've started a new company can you can you buy <laughs> something from me or was it was there a bit more to it than that
1: um no it's pretty much that <laughs> no it was uh <laughs> Obviously the first thing you need to have is an offering. Um, obviously now we would run more sophisticated campaigns, you know, in terms of uh, the brands we're looking to work with and do they actually need this service? Uh, where are they lacking at the moment? Um, whereas back then it was kind of, a kind of hit and hope, I guess, uh, in a way, but you, that's the sort of stuff you have to do, you know, when you you started your business, when you're growing it. And um, yeah, making sure it was relevant. So the people you're calling up, um, do they need social media services? Is their brand lacking that service? Or is there something, is there a value that I can add to their, to their company? Yeah. Um, and obviously, having the industry kind of expertise, I could back up that, you know, the work I'd done, uh, which definitely helped.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then move, moving things forward. So you mentioned referrals was has been quite a powerful tool for yourself. Is there a strategy that you've got for that, Rob? Is there a set system that you've got for referrals and how you ask for them?
1: Um, I guess, again, just just do it, just go and ask for it Um ask if there's somebody in particular you want to work with. I mean, LinkedIn is great for this. Um, I might mention LinkedIn a lot and I just have to say I've not been paid by them, um, not not yet anyway, um, but LinkedIn is an amazing tool, whether you're using the free platform or um, you know the pay for version. Um, if there's somebody in particular you really want to work with and you're always better off starting at the top. Really start with the people that you want to work with the most um, and do that first because they are the hardest ones to reach, um, but there might be somebody that you know that knows them. And the best way to find out is, is through LinkedIn. So that's why I started to do um, as part of my second strategy to, to build uh, revenue and referrals, uh, was looking at LinkedIn and, and identifying people. Now I had my kind of base set up,
0: uh, yeah. so that's how I started. Got it, so you just found basically people you wanted to do business with and then looked if you had any connection to them, was it? In terms of people you already knew that could introduce you or? Yeah, so you
1: can obviously, using LinkedIn, you can ask for recommendations, but it's it's not as organic um, and as natural as you might uh, on the receiving end. So you usually ask that person to maybe send them a text message or give them a call or something else, something that's a bit more natural to them. What do they expect? If you, you, if you just get something through LinkedIn, then, they might not respond um so we looked at i say we me at the beginning um i looked at industries that i was working in at the time um yeah. so that didn't compete with my existing clients and industries i'd already worked in uh, so i used to work in the the legal tech and fintech industries so that was kind of my expertise as you if you will so i went yeah. out to those initially um uh, you know play plenty strengths and
0: then you can build from that Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So looking out for the industries, you can actually help targeting those accounts and looking for the referrals. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. Tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response. He signed up for a free Vidyard account, allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution and as a result, he stood out from his competitors, filled his calendar with quality appointments and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. okay so we've, we've we've built a list that we've worked through through our contacts we've started leveraging some referrals um what what's kind of the next step that, that you took Rob, or that you'd recommend
1: um I'd say the next step was really
0: deciding what I want what I wanted from the business
1: um you can make a lot of money being a freelancer um you can make a lot of money you know having a company with just yourself um what I really wanted to do was scale and the kind of grand plan. Uh, what we're doing now is to build an agency that offered experts on demand um and that was different to every other agency out there. so I could have stayed on you know as a consultant and um, just you know being the only person within my business and I think um it's up to the individual there's lots of people I meet who are very you know very happy um being freelancers because it offers them flexibility within their life whether they've got children or they just want to be on their own that's absolutely fine um, sure. I chose the other route. And then with that obviously comes staff, which is a very, very interesting experience. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, five years on, I like to say we've finally nailed it. And it took five years um, in terms of company culture, ethics, um, what we believe in and finding the right people to fit within that business. You obviously have to start somewhere. So you start with your first employee and you will learn a lot along the way. Um, It can take weeks, months, years to really figure out. Um, I I guess if if you're used to managing people within um, another business previously, um, you're better suited to that. But it's a little bit different when you're a business owner. It's not like managing a team internally. It doesn't matter how many people you manage when you're the business owner. And then you have to manage people. Um, it's very different. Um, and then once you've got your, your first employee um, the second employee, and then the more you employ, and I had a mentor who, um, I, think they, I think their agency has about 200 staff. Um, it, he told me in my first couple of years that as you grow, um, it actually gets harder. And he was right because you may have 10, 15 staff, but then everyone you bring in has to fit within that culture, and it just gets you know the more difficult and difficult. Well, um,
0: how do you? Before we go on, how do you think that sure. you can tell if you're cut out to, like you say, just be perhaps a one man band, a consultant, freelance, whatever way you want to put it, that might be quite flexible, might give you the chance to earn big. Um, yeah. Or whether you want to scale something like you said, and whether you want to start employing people, whether you want to build something big, what do you think are some of the the qualities or some of the things you need to think about? Before you take the plunge and just say, "Yep, I'm going to hire a bunch of staff and I'm going to ramp this thing up big time," or I'm going to stay myself, I'm going to have a kind of flexible lifestyle and earn okay money.
1: It's a good question. Um, I think it comes down to mindset. So whether you've got a fixed mindset or a mindset mindset that is a little bit more flexible, Um, and in terms of visioning, um, I was part of NatWest's um, entrepreneur accelerator uh, from around about second year as a business um and they taught us this visioning technique where you literally would write down in the next five years where do you see yourself living have you got children and um, do you have any pets um, what does your business look like have you got staff and what do those employees think of you and um, and then if you say for example have sold that business what do you want your kind of legacy to be so i think visioning is very important um, First of all, some people might not be cut out for the managing other people, or just don't want to. And I think you'd know very quickly. And um, for those who are thinking about doing it, um, I would definitely say um, look at all the support you can get from the government or grants or anything else, uh, apprenticeships or internships, and and, and go for it. Um, definitely try it if you if you have that vision to to build and scale a business. Um, exactly where. So makes that decision is, I guess, down to, to the person. But I think uh, that visioning technique definitely helps.
0: That's that's really interesting. That's something I use quite a lot, actually. And I love the fact that you actually put it inspected, look, where do I want to go with this in five years? And then mm-hmm. I suppose if you think about the end point, if you have that in mind, you can actually think what makes more sense, whether you're going to take on all these staff that might be more hassle short-term, might be more t- time and effort to get things right. Um, or whether you want to keep things a bit a bit more simple, perhaps, and that's quite it, often. Sorry, Rob, you go ahead. Oh, thank you.
1: Um, it's interesting that obviously with lockdown, um, there wasn't a lot to do with the weekend, so I had a bit of a, mm. you know spring clean uh, over the winter, and um, I found this visioning document that I put together. I think it was about three years ago, I want to say, and it's really interesting to see what's on there. And I'm only a couple away, couple of years away from what I vision envisioned. Um, and some of those things haven't changed at all. Uh, some of them are exactly the same, which is really nice to see. And it's nice to see that some of the things you might think are maybe materialistic. My attitude has changed that. So I don't kind of want that anymore. Um, there's things that are more important in my, in my life. Um, and I think one of the great exercises we did as well was, was really working out time. So what we would do is you'd sit down with a, with a coach and you'd you'd look at the amount of time you spend on each task every single day. And as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you wear every single hat. So you're doing hundred percent of everything. Now what you want to do is look at all those things you're doing and work out the ones you really don't want to do. Like every day you're like, you know, the kind of eat the frog thing. Like you do it first because you really don't like it. So for me, accounting finance, that just wasn't for me. Um, so then work out, do I need, To bring in an accountant in-house, probably not. You could probably go to an accountant um, or you could get someone who's self-employed, who's got their own business and support them. Um, If it's marketing and you just don't understand marketing or social media, should you bring somebody in or should you go to an agency? That uh, exercise really helps as well because you can really figure out, okay, do I need staff? And it's something we looked at um, in terms of the things I was doing, uh, the things that other people were doing and where we, we need to fill gaps essentially to, to grow and um, so you could work out oh actually well i could just employ a company to do this or i could get a freelancer or i could scale a lot quicker by bringing somebody in and mold them to that in, within that role
0: yeah so playing playing to your strengths really so in your case like yeah. i say you didn't like accounts so i'm i'm much the same i'm terrible at maths <laughs> so I'm certainly that's that's why we've got an accountant that's good at it that can kind of do stuff a lot faster than we can so play into your strengths that makes perfect sense so I love what you said casting back to to thinking where you want to take the business in five years which is actually quite a, quite a common question I ask people with their digital marketing so if they're thinking about getting a website they're thinking about doing SEO they're thinking about growing online I say okay let's pretend we did this in 12 months or imagine we're 12 months down the down the line where would you want to get to to be able to say working with us was a great move and if they don't have a vision, if they just say, oh, I'm not sure, it's like I'm not really sure if there, there's gonna be a fit if there's no real vision, no real need. If they say, look, I want to get this many leads, this many clients, or they have a clear definition of where they want to get to, it just helps so much. Um and it puts yeah. puts the end goal, puts the point in mind. So it's it's a really strong thing to do. So I like that. Um okay, so moving this back to to more actionable sense. So is there any um I know you're big on big on social, Rob. So are there any other kind of free platforms, free tools that once we've tapped into our existing network, once we started leveraging referrals, are there any other things that we need to think about that we can really kind of ramp things up with our business that can perhaps save us time, save us funds initially and help us see that growth in terms of revenue? Yeah, absolutely.
1: People listening probably heard of a lot of these tools um, and may, may not have used them before or are thinking about using them uh, or may not have heard them at all. And HubSpot being one for general kind of marketing. So there's different platforms with HubSpot, you can have a sales platform or a marketing platform, again, where you're, you know, stick to your strengths, if if um, you're struggling in one particular area, HubSpot might have the answer. And they have, you know, free options, Uh, email platforms like MailChimp offer, you know, a free version, Um, through to um, scheduling platforms like Buffer, uh, or Hootsuite. And then Obviously, social networks um, are the main ones. Um, you can create content, you can reach target audiences um, for for absolutely nothing through organic content, or you can invest a little bit. Especially if you're looking at platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and, and Facebook, generally costs are going to be going to be quite low. Um, yeah, social media obviously is, is my is my favorite. Um, LinkedIn for me, um, we grow a lot of our business organically through through linkedin content and uh, through personal profiles and um, it's in terms of the algorithm it's the the strongest um if you compare personal profiles and company pages Um sure. the linkedin algorithm is somewhat primitive in comparison to the likes of instagram and facebook which gives us an advantage because it's easier to to create engagement if that makes sense um, yeah and you can do that from absolutely nothing. If you just have a good content strategy in place uh, and you consistently post out content that people want to engage with, um, you can create a lot of engagement. And for service-based business in in particular, it, you, your target audience is there on that platform. So it makes absolute sense to be to be using it.
0: Yeah. And let's say, for example, Rob, perhaps we can give something solid here. If we are sure. let's say a service-based business and we are our clients do hang out on LinkedIn. You mentioned a content strategy. Is there a rough strategy you could share with us that people can put into play and and pick up fairly fast?
1: I can, yes. Um, So if you don't wanna get in touch with us at Social Republic (laughs) uh, and put your own strategy in place, um, the first thing is to look at is um, is your goals. Um, What do you really want to achieve and what does success look like? Um, You can have all the likes and comments in the world and engagement and reach, um, a lot of people call these vanity metrics and while they do play a part um, they might not necessarily generate revenue so what do you want to achieve is it just a brand awareness piece that you're looking to run or you're actually looking to generate leads and sales so first of all work that out because then you can see how campaigns are performing uh, every week every month uh, you know every year and um, if you are creating a great content strategy and are you getting more people to your website and in turn is that increasing leads and um, then i think your second one of the most important is audiences so who are you really looking to target um, yep. who are the personas so you might have one product but lots of different people that can potentially buy that product or service so put yourself in their shoes and really create content that they're likely to engage with or what you can do in, in in a smart way is create content that you know a section of people will engage with, and then it will then drop into the feeds of the people you're trying to target. If that makes sense, uh, that's kind of a long term yeah. plan, but it does work.
0: I've um, not heard that, Rob. Tell me a bit more about how that works.
1: So basically, what you would do is there are certain types of users on LinkedIn um, that will engage with particular pieces of content. There's certain uh, people who you know are active. Uh, in the UK on, on LinkedIn or, and, or active in different industries. Um, what you wanna do is work out whether they're connected to the people you actually want to target, uh, which you can do very easily by connecting with them and, and looking at connections. And then what you can do is make sure those people see your content and engage with it. And once, if they comment on a, you know, a post that you put out, it will then drop into the, the, the other person's feed. So it's a very, very long-term strategy, but it does yeah. work.
0: Okay, so basically tapping off other people's networks, so contacts of other people that might engage on your content.
1: Absolutely, it's like, um, if you follow a particular account on Instagram, based on the people that are following them, if you then get them to engage with your content, their followers are gonna see, which in turn promotes, promotes you or your business your brand. Gotcha, okay. And then once you've identified audiences, um, look at platforms. So everybody, you know, it's it, every business does it, Uh, a new business starts, and they think social media, right, I've got to be on every single platform. Um, But only be on the platforms where your audiences are actively engaging. Um, There's no point being on Twitter if your audience isn't there. And if you're selling a service to uh, 40 year old males plus, you know, the likelihood of them being on TikTok is a lot smaller than say 18 to 25 year olds. So really do your research in terms of what platforms your audiences are using, and play to your strengths again, uh, use those platforms and use them well, uh, and commit more of your time into the ones that are actually gonna get you the results. And there might be some where, say you're a service-based business, and the majority of your audience is on, is on LinkedIn, but you believe that they may use Instagram, uh, maybe during the personal, uh, personal time, you might want to keep that Instagram feed active for other reasons and focus more time on LinkedIn. for example.
0: Cool. Okay. So essentially to, to recap work, which I, which I like start with the, the goals in mind, which I know for sure when I first started on LinkedIn, I didn't, I just posted any old nonsense. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I really refined is this content actually going to be useful, helpful or entertaining for my ideal customer um yeah. and then once you started doing that or once i started doing that, anyway i saw that my engagement dropped but the amount of inquiries that i actually got started going up which <laughs> although it hurt my ego a bit because i wasn't getting as many likes and comments i started getting more inquiries <laughs> so it worked out better for our bank account um yeah and i and then i guess that comes with looking at your target audience thinking about who you actually want to pinpoint who you want to be doing business with. And I liked your tip in terms of leveraging other people's networks that might engage and then thinking about the platforms that your ideal customers actually hang out on. Um, are there any other things? I mean, appreciate we're coming up to time, Rob, are there any other considerations we should think about about the stuff we actually ch- put out there on the interwebs?
1: Yeah, I think um, the fourth one, there's kind of four and five. Um, so the fourth one would be content and the fifth one would be measurement. So um you know, if you're putting content out, is it actually working? That kind of links into your goals. The fourth one is um, around content, and what I do in particular on LinkedIn is I have different content pillars. So my are kind of my three are educate, entertain, and inform. So the educate might be around uh, a new feature on Instagram, for example, or if TikTok's just created a new uh, feature, I'll share that, and it just shows that. I'm active within the industry. Uh, I've got my finger on the pulse. Uh, I know what I'm talking about, um, and it also helps people as well. So there's social media managers out there that may not have seen this new feature. They might see it, you know, through my LinkedIn post. I think, oh, I'll, you know, give that a try in our next campaign. So that's one. Um, the second one, entertain. Uh, you might see a lot of memes. Um, that kind of is my personality. Um, it's quite difficult to show your personality if you're not sharing videos or, or pictures of yourself. So my personality shines through memes Um, if anyone's seen them i apologize um but that just shows that i'm a normal person and i'm not just this ceo behind the company and then inform is anything around kind of what we're doing in terms of the business uh, any kind of press releases any new clients we're working with um or anything else kind of business related and it does help to have those those brand pillars so separate what you want to share and equally what people want to engage with
0: yeah and it links us all all back nicely to taking it back to those goals i guess it gives people a nice variety of content as well so you're not always putting out the same stuff and yeah just like many of our guests have, have said on it gives it gives people insight into the human behind the computer behind the smartphone screen who's actually there it gives gives them a bit of a flavour for you as a person rather than just the the perhaps the text the pictures that you're putting up there it gives them a flavour of what it's like to work with you so yeah, love that, man. Rob, um, really appreciate you coming on, dude. Thanks very much for sharing. Oh, thank you. No <laughs> worries. Thanks for sharing how we can start <laughs> a business with with no or, or next to no cash. Um, but for anyone yeah. that wants to learn more about Rob Illich, what is the best way to connect with you um, to do business? Will you tell us a bit more about your company?
1: Definitely. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, that's where you find me uh, most of the time, sharing memes. Um, Yeah, definitely get in touch on LinkedIn, uh, or you can contact uh, me or the team at Social Republic, which is social-republic.co.uk.
0: Awesome. Thanks once again, Rob. appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, dude. And we'll put all those links in the show episode notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe for Business Growth Show. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all with the goal to grow your business. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode.